we know that in this week's parasha, which is, happens to be the longest parasha of the year, one of the uh, parashiot, one of the paragraphs in the parasha, end off with Birkat Kohanim. And the pasuk ends off as Samu et Shemi al Bnei Yisrael, Bani Avarachem. I'll bless them. What is he blessing us with? It says, V'yasem lecha shalom. I'll place unto you shalom. There's a sefer on the parasha. It's called Sefer Lehit Aneg Beta'anogim. He brings a story on this week's parasha. He brings a story of when the great conqueror, Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte, was at his great reign. And he was conquering from one country to the other country throughout the entire world. And before he was allowed, before he was about to invade into Russia, and the French invasion of Russia in the year 1812, he stopped off at Reb Chaim the Gadol Ador of that time. He stopped off at Reb Chaim to seek his advice. Can you imagine, like the leader of the free world, who Trump, whoever it is today, Trump most likely, coming in to ask Reb Chaim Konevsky what to do, uh, how to proceed into the next war. So that's exactly what happened. Napoleon, the leader of the entire world. Conquering everywhere, came into Rukhaim Velazhin's yeshiva to ask him, What do you think? Am I going to be successful? Am I going to be successful going in an invasion into Russia? Rukhaim Velazhin told him, Mashallah. Let me tell you a parable. He told him, he said there was once a prince who was walking, who was, who was riding in his chariot very comfortably. He had chariots, he had, he had his horses, his chariot was made up of horses from all over. He had French horses, he had Italian horses, he had Egyptian horses, he had the best European horses all over. He had a whole mixture of horses. But the wagon driver somehow didn't see what was coming up ahead of him in the, in, the, in the road. And one of the horses fell into the mud, he fell into a huge puddle of mud. And not only did that horse fall, all the horses, all four horses fell into the mud, turning over the wagon halfway upside down. And they're stuck. Prince comes out and he tells the wagon driver, get us out of here, get us out, I can't get stuck in the mud. What does the wagon driver do? He takes his stick, starts whacking on the, whipping the horse, get up, get up. Horse tries to pull up, get out of the mud, tries, goes one way, the other horse, it's four horses, the other horse goes the other way, another horse goes the other way, they're just moving in different directions and they're really stuck in the same place, going nowhere, and they're just stuck there. A few minutes later, they see another chariot come by, but this is more of a dilapidated chariot. Some farmer, some not so well-to-do farmer walking, uh, uh, riding by. He's coming by and he's, uh, the prince about to warn him about the mud. He doesn't get a chance to warn him. He also lands into the mud. He's stuck in that mud. And the prince is thinking to my head, okay, we got another one, we lost another one. But to his utter surprise and shock, what happens next is unbelievable. The farmer takes out his whip, whips his horse, and then one horse, and the other horse, and the other horse, they all pull together and they just come out. The prince is shocked. He's like, what's going on right now? He goes to the horse draw, he goes to the to the farmer, and he goes, I don't understand. What type of horses do you have? I have the most expensive, amazing horses. How is it that my horses, French, Italian, European, Egyptian, couldn't get out of this mud? But your horses? You? Your horses are nothing. How'd they get out of this mud? What happened? The farmer tells him back, he's like, tell you the truth, my horses are not worth much at all. But the reason why my horses were able to get out of the mud was because when I whipped one horse, my horses are all brothers. They're legit biological brothers. And therefore, 
When I whipped one horse, the other horses, they felt the pain of the other horse. They felt them. They felt them in pain while he was neighing. He felt them they felt it while he was uh, in pain. And what happened? He started going out of the mud this way. They all followed after him and started going with him. And since they all pushed in the same way, they were able to get out. But your horses, you may have the greatest horses, but you, you're stuck in the mud. Each horse is going in a different direction. It's going in a different direction. It's just not able. They're not able to coordinate together to go. And that's why you weren't able to get out of the mud. Said Rechaim Velazhener to Napoleon. Yes, you right now are, are the leader of the free world. You're, what you're carrying with yourself right now, you have, the, you have your French troops, you have the Italian troops, you have the Allied troops, you got all the forces with you. But the problem is that you're, they're not feeling together. It's like, okay, we have the Allied troops, we have the French troops, we have the Egyptian troops, we have them all, but they're not together. They're not feeling as one. You're gonna go into Russia, Russia is by themselves. They, everyone over there is gonna feel like they're fighting for themselves. We're all Russian. We're fighting for our own soil, for our own pride. This is Russia. There's no one else. There's no other nationality here. And that's why, that's why you're gonna fall and you're not gonna make it. And true to his word, Napoleon clearly didn't listen and true to his word, seven months later, Napoleon fell, as we all know, to the Russians and that was sort of the end of his rule and reign over the free world. And turned to Mikhail Velazhner and told his students, the lesson is clear. When we are ba'achdut, when we are one, that is the only way to accomplish anything in Judaism. Our greatest moments in Jewish history have been when we felt as one. Matan Torah, we were all one. And what is our greatest fall and sin in history? When the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. And we all know why it was destroyed, because of Sinat Chinam. We weren't together. Our greatest moments are when we're together, the lowest moments are when we are, and the lo our lowest moments are when we are not. The famous King Ahav, who was such a Rasha, such a Rasha, the Yerushalmi says that during his time, he did not lose wars. Why didn't he lose wars? Because B'nai Yisrael had achdut. So no matter what they were doing, even though he was a Rasha, they were doing all the Avodah Zarah, and Hashem was blasting them throughout the entire Sefer. And Avi, telling them, why are you doing all the Avodah Zarah? Don't look up a Sefer Shemuel Bet. What's going on in that Sefer? Sorry, not Shmuel, but look at Melachim. Melachim, Sefer Melachim. He's blasting them. Eliyahu Navi keeps coming to him, telling him, stop, stop doing this. Stop doing Nevi'ah Baal. Stop worshiping Abu Zarat. Stop serving the Baal. But they still won the wars. Why? Because there was peace and shalom in their times. And that's possible. I was speaking to a few of my rabbis, by Razdar, by Simon, and I was speaking to them, and one lesson we could possibly learn from all these riots that are going on and that we may be in fear of is that we see the achdut that they're having for each other. The achdut for one fallen soul. We see what the burning fire in them. Baruch Hashem, we also have that achdut. But we need to strengthen our achdut and to learn from them. Because anything that happens in the world happens for the Jews. It doesn't happen just as a coincidence. It's happening for us to see and take a lesson. So we can be more baachdut. And if we take that lesson, Bezal Hashem, we will be zochet to great things. We will be zochet to get a gula out of this entire tzaran. We'll go back to regular lives. And Bezal Hashem, be zochet to be Mashiach. Amen.